1: <laughs> Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our sixth review for the Bad Batch, episode six, decommissioned. It's going to be good. We talk about that with Blake in the Escape Pod and uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode or halfway through about where we start talking about unproduced Clone Wars episodes, the stories there, the Clone Wars legacy, as well as produced stories in the form of books or comics between episodes six and seven what the connections are to the First Order and the Empire, and the potential that they have to move forward with telling stories in that time period. Right here on Star Wars Escape Pod, stay tuned for all that good discussion. Let's get into it.
2: Another happy landing. Welcome back, sir. Hello, hello. Good to be back.
1: Always good to have you back. We have the newest Bad Batch episode released.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know we're—I uh, don't know what to say about this one. It was—it it was good, <laughs> but uh, you know we'll we'll break it down. Actually, hold on. Let me let me just let me just read the summary and then uh, we'll kind of go from there so uh, sid hires the bad batch to retrieve a separatist tactical droid for its battle intel before it is destroyed at the corellian decommissioning site they encounter police droids guarding the facility as well as trace and rafa martez who are also after the droid uh wrecker accidentally hits his head and is uh, and his inhibitor chip begins to activate Tekken, that it says? the sisters, yeah.
2: Tech and, and the wow,
1: it does, yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, this is on the Wikipedia. This is like a like a tiny little summary. Uh, Tech and the sisters program the tactical droid <laughs> to turn on the police droids, allowing them to escape. But the tactical droid is destroyed in the process. The sisters explain that they are retrieving it for a client who's fighting the Empire. Hunter gives them a copy of the droids' data that Tech makes uh, during the the fight. And the sisters later tell their client how to find the bad batch. So there's a, a, a slew of things here to talk about, and I know you, you've got a, f- a few notes. So we'll kind of go through those in order. But um, what's the first kind of thing that you you noticed uh, in this in this episode?
2: Well, you already talked about the biggest thing on here, so I want to address it right <laughs> away. We can build that We'll, up let, to we'll it, break down the details. We'll break
1: down yeah, the details. Well, I think one.
2: we should. We're way up to there. Jeez, Wikipedia just giving all, all the spoilers I here. I know, I know. All it's one, kind of great. All in one breath. Don't even lead <laughs> you in.
1: No, no dinner first. This is our, review. I mean, people, people have seen this episode. Anyone who's listening, obviously it's, uh, it's out the review. So, you know, yeah. anyone who's anyone to see in this now people, people wanted to hear our opinions about all this good stuff
2: so what do you think um, writes these like this, the episode's only been out for like a couple know, hours I, I don't know I don't know it's like, it's, is it it's, Dave Filoni Dave Filoni like hits go on Disney Plus I wonder watch, like, I wonder like himself? you're 1201 1201 you <laughs> yeah. know like like
1: like the day it hits Friday like, yeah you gotta update that Wikipedia yeah you
2: gotta add my name to the credits <laughs> to do it all himself to make sure nothing is missed in the entire episode yeah yeah exactly <laughs> why even watch it you could just read the synopsis <laughs> exactly
1: it's like it's the poor man's disney plus you it's know
2: like picking up the book reading Don't. the back back cover and then saying yeah, that's the whole book
1: <laughs> anyone who doesn't want to subscribe to disney plus you just read the the, the two sentence summary on wikipedia <laughs> you get all the info you need yeah no the truth be told though i mean this show is uh So far, as nice as it is and impressive as it is, uh, I I do find there's generally a little less to talk about because it's not arc based. And, you know, we're going through this on a weekly basis. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, you know, there's we we brought up the whole issue with with Echo and how little he's used. Right. But I mean, as far as the characters go, I find that the development is just very slow right now. Yeah, uh, and it's no, it's true. more uh it's more i guess what we discussed before about these filler episodes which are pretty much just setting up the premise of the of the you know the groundwork i guess for the f- the following seasons right yeah uh, but uh you know it's it's gonna take a little bit to kind of get rolling i think uh you know a little faster but uh, i think this we, was we a are, cool seeing, episode,
2: we are yeah. seeing some progress
1: yeah, we're seeing some progress for sure. Yeah.
2: It's like in like baby steps, right? There. Yeah. I feel like the last f- like three and a half episodes have been just kind of inching towards slowly showing you that something's going to happen with her. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of been the main point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've
1: been on that on that train for a little while, and now now it's 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 obvious that that's where it's going, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is pretty cool. And uh, you know, if you want to take a moment to talk about that, how many how many episodes has now been that he's been hitting his head every single one? Like- he
2: hit his head for the first time when they crashed, which was two episodes ago. So I think it's three in a row where his head has been bothering him.
1: Right. Okay. And and of course, Fennec Shand also, you know, smokes his head into the wall and it, yeah, it, it keeps right. happening. It keeps oh, happening. It means
2: it's been four episodes. I forgot about that one.
1: Yeah. So every, almost every single time now is just, he just keeps having these head injuries. And, you yeah. know, after that amount of times, I think.
2: It's like a hockey player. Yeah. Like getting concussions <laughs>
1: <laughs> like inhibitor chip or not, there's going to be some damage there. <laughs> yeah.
2: They made it really obvious this time though. It was actually saying like, yeah, almost he, he, completing the line.
1: Yeah. He was saying what, uh, what, uh, Crosshair was saying, right? Yeah.
2: Or well, all the clones. Good soldiers yeah.
1: follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Yeah. 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 That was
2: cool though. They had like the flashback sound effect going on. That was, yeah, that was, that
1: was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. Um, what do we uh, what do we think of the Martez sisters showing up in this episode? Because you know it, the last time they showed up was in the Ahsoka arc in season seven of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and uh, you know they were they were pretty much the whole center point of that arc, aside from Ahsoka herself. But she was kind of sucked along in their trouble that yeah. they made for themselves. And uh, is it um, uh, what's their names, Rafa and Trace? Yeah, uh, Martez. That's right. They uh, they drive the the Silver Angel, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, always uh, getting into getting into trial. So a quick recap about Trace and Rafa is that their mother and father were both inadvertently killed as a result of the Jedi's attempt to recapture Zero the Hut. And Zero the Hut was was broken out of prison by Cad Bane early on in season. Actually, it was the last episode of season one. But chronologically, of course, that placement is further down the chain. Um, But it was one of the first season episodes, actually. And that event of him getting away, they never actually, in the episode, they didn't pursue them. Like, you just saw them kind of flying away on a speeder. But in season seven, uh, Ahsoka's actually filled in about that event. And the Martez sisters basically say that the Jedi actually pursued that, uh, that speeder. And uh, Zero still got away, but there was a big accident that happened with a bunch of ships crashing into each other, and one of them came clean into a wall or something, and her their parents were killed in in the incident on the other side. And yeah. so, yeah, and this was in the lower levels in the underworld, and and you know down there the Republic was being the Republic and not really doing much about things like that, and so they've always had a bit of a a blind kind of uh, they, uh, a bit of a bit of a sting towards the the republic they've always felt a little bitter about it until ahsoka kind of changed their minds on how they thought about the jedi and uh, how about uh, how they help other people and and stuff like that and you can see that there's been a progression between that obviously how the arc ended and going their separate ways from ahsoka and how she's kind of influenced them and they seem a little especially rafa or, or trace the older one um uh, she, uh, Rafa, yeah. So so she definitely feels a little more warm of a character and less of this oh, yeah. colder. Yeah, yeah, when we yeah.
2: first met her in Clone Wars, she was just a straight up downright smuggler. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, like w- wanting to like, get into trouble, right? Yeah, like, even
2: like just lying to her sister to get what she wanted done to go on some yeah.
1: schemey plan. Like yeah, doing right? anything for a buck, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Taking on all the sketchy jobs, getting themselves in trouble, and so yeah, it's it's cool to see that development. And uh, you know, again, like I'm 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 a bit unsure as to whether or not I feel good about constantly using characters that we know. Of course, it makes the galaxy feel a bit smaller, but True. at the same time, at the same it's- time, it's it's like I actually don't mind that because in a way, even though it does shrink the galaxy a little bit in a way Um, it also still makes it feel like star wars
2: yeah but it helps you with the characters you already know you kind of yeah get to see their arc and see how they grow right yeah yeah exactly and and and, now we uh, know they're still doing schemes
1: yeah now we know where they're at right And, and by the end of the episode we're also aware now of the fact that they're working with somebody who's willing to fight the empire so who is this?
2: That's true. Is it
1: Bail? Yeah, Organa, maybe? Mon Mothma?
2: Well, I I was trying to look at the character here from the hologram. I always use a shoulder, but it looks like a rope.
1: It does look like a rope, but and
2: makes I, me wonder, it is looks, it
1: Ahsoka, maybe? I don't think so. Ahsoka's been involved with the Rebellion. Like, she's working with Bail Organa, right? Yeah. And so you know, how uh, in the, in the They're, Ahsoka bigger novel
2: shoulders uh, to me, it looked like a male and yeah, it's probably not, but the closest character I could think of, it had the right shape, the right color and the right size to be Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: You're thinking it's Obi-Wan. Yeah. Just you based know,
2: on the image. I, I feel like that's a long shot just on what's going on. But right. the model that we saw that little section to me looks from characters we know, most like Obi-Wan's robes. It could be another Jedi right, or any other character that wears robes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's, here's the thing about this is that if there's a, if there's any kind of, I mean, I, I've brought it up before. The, the Darth Vader, dark Lord of the Sith comic books are the closest thing to this timeline that we have. So if there's any reasonable speculation for any notable characters to show up of any kind, the answers in that comic book, in a way, uh, as to like who's alive, what kind of Jedi are floating around, um, who could possibly cross over from that into this show, and um, the librarian is actually um, Jocasta New. She's actually She's alive. alive. She's in the Vader comics, and and what? So, so she survives did- the purge. And I'm not gonna say much more cause you still have to read those comics that I keep telling you to read. Um,
2: <laughs> the captain's is supposed to go down with the ship and her ship was that library.
1: Yeah, so there's a story there to be told, but uh, it makes me wonder, maybe is she possibly this it character? Could be. And um, anyone who has read those comics and knows what happens, it's like, cause obviously she's not around, you know, in the later stuff. Uh, we'll know what happens to her but at the same time it's like it's still a possibility that they could kind of take that route I guess and Mm -hmm. you know use the illusion of time between stories to say this actually happened and she was actually involved with the rebellion (laughs) or whatever
2: it's too fast man it's been like two weeks since Order 66 <laughs> i mean i think that's also the case for Obi-Wan actually i think it's,
1: it's been a couple months though i think right yeah. like in the, it's been a couple months um i think by the end of the first season they'll they'll have probably brought us up to at least a year of time by the end by the yeah. end
2: yeah even so like that's why i don't like even though it looked like what we want i don't think it could be him maybe it's yeah. bail it could be bail
1: Okay, here's here's a wild theory of mine. What if it's Furious Olin? What if they just brought him back in a canon? Furious Olin, everybody. Furious Olin. Jedi Quest, rivaled Anakin Skywalker back at the temple. Uh,
2: oh, got kicked out of
1: the Jedi Temple before the purge.
2: He's so obscure. Um,
1: it, it's it's a very obscure character. He's he's not obscure enough to not have a Star Wars miniature, one of the many, but he's got it. Uh, and he had his own book series. It was called uh, the Last of the Jedi and he he and Obi-wan were the two main characters of that series Lasted 10 books I think it was 10 books or nine books or something and uh, he's he's honestly one one of my favorite characters from the EU. Uh, he's he's got to be um, yeah I really enjoyed where they took his his story but he did survive the purge
2: uh, he he's, s- he's
1: similar to Ahsoka. he wasn't mm-hmm. in the order at the time so.
2: And you, you, you explain him as like the budget version of Anakin?
1: No, he was a rival of Anakin's. So him and Obi-Wan and Furious and his master all went on a missions together when the two were Padawans back at the Academy. And Anakin is this prophesied chosen one who gets all yeah. the attention in the world, right? And Furious was this, kind of like this jealous other guy that he was really gifted at what he does, but, but he... Um, him and Anakin just butt heads a lot. And there was an event that happened between the two of them that allowed, that basically allowed Fearus to be disbanded yeah. from the Jedi order. They was kicked out. Right. Yeah. I think you yeah. can say
2: spoilers here. This is an old book that is, very- Oh
1: yeah. This is, this is like, we're talking uh, 2004 or something. This is a uh, star Wars legends scholastic, you know, kids series.
2: Yeah. And Wikipedia can spoil stuff that's been out for 45 minutes. I think you can spoil (laughs) this book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a cool series and I don't know. I mean, I've always hoped that they would bring him back into canon. Maybe, maybe he's, uh, maybe this is his chance, his window to come back. You know, I don't know. I, very low, uh, low chances. Yeah, there, I think. if it happened, but,
2: I wouldn't be entirely surprised I mean, that they revived other character. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm not expecting that in any way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Here's the thing.
1: It, okay, we know for sure it's not canon, right? Like, like absolutely no. not for sure it's can like he yeah. like if if they want to honor the very first canon book ever, which is a New Dawn, it's not going to be Canaan. Um. so you know the question is if it's not Bale if it's not these obscure characters like Furus or Jocasta Nu or whatever then or Kenobi even because also pretty unlikely yeah who do just you think it is
2: he's, he's gonna be fresh on Tatooine yeah that's like I, I feel like it would have to be someone who showed up in Rebels
1: right is it Possibly Saw Gerrera. He's already mm-hmm. showed up. Maybe they're gonna. No, he wouldn't. But then I don't know why they would hide that. You know, it's like yeah, they've already exactly. shown him in the show.
2: So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's him. I don't Here's know. a
1: crazy theory. What if it's Darth Maul?
2: <laughs> because they've already done this over the shoulder Darth Maul shot. <laughs> well, I solo. mean, like. See, Maul's the kind of guy
1: that would have the same thoughts as Saul Guerrera, an extremist point of view. now's the time to take down the Empire while it's still weak, right? But he's not involved in the
2: rebellion.
1: No, uh, but they weren't confirmed to be in the rebellion because the rebellion is not a thing yet. It's just all these rebel cells and stuff like that. Yeah, like this is just somebody who sees an opportunity to fight off the Empire before it's too strong, right? So Maul obviously hates the Empire. He was ready to team up with Ahsoka to kill vader and palpatine right yeah so i mean you know like there's a chance that maybe he's pursuing that route still and maybe this leads into the whole crimson dawn thing you know like maybe crimson dawn is a product of organizing criminals or smugglers or whatever to power gain against the empire but it ended up obviously being a failed attempt to turn into a criminal's or- organization But, I mean, what if that was the case? That would be pretty nuts. That would be pretty crazy to think that Maul was actually part of a rebel cell that was not a part of the rebellion, but likewise still, you know, not doing Sith stuff, but actually part of a group that was fighting Imperial forces.
2: It'd be neat, but also, again, if it's Maul, I'm not that surprised because he's always doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really a big reveal to me. So, oh, there he is again.
1: They've done there this a few times now. There he goes though. again. I mean, here's the thing, though. They did this with Bib Fortuna. Big yeah. Fortuna. <laughs> where they were like, who, who it is? Like, who is it? And then at the yeah. end of the episode, I was like, oh, it's, it's Bib. <laughs> so, like... Maybe that's, that's it, the idea. They yeah. want to, you know, maybe, maybe maybe they want to, like, try and trick us. So, this, this time, this is, the, this is the double... What is it? The the the, the double de- deception or whatever the the double, uh, yeah. you know, like they're trying to trick us by trick by what sort of one not first? tricking. Yeah, they're doing you the other one first to think like, oh, they're they're not going to surprise us with this one. It'll be someone that we know, but it actually is someone that's going to be super obscure. Maybe? I
2: admit that's pretty clever. <laughs> because
1: <laughs> it's Cause, the same shot like you get yeah, like yeah, a, it's, you it's know like, the same thing right yeah yeah close up in the hologram and it's like oh you don't know who it is but this time around we didn't find out who it is at the end of the episode maybe yeah. we will in the next one if we're lucky if it's I not in the next one like, it's gonna wait for a yeah, while and then yeah. we know for sure it's gonna be somewhat big
2: that's what i think is what's gonna happen i think the this is my future telling here i think the wrecker stuff is about to really start rolling Mm-hmm. And then they're going to start going down. What I was saying, they're going to figure out the chip. They've already talked about getting the brain scanner. So they're going to yep. use that, take his out. And then probably that's going to start playing in crosshair stuff. I think that's where they're going next. And then they're going to start chasing these. I don't think they'll successfully get to crosshair, but they're going to start working on a plan and they'll probably get to him later in the season.
1: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so uh, who was this mystery figure? I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to find out uh, finding that out. R7A7 actually showed up in this episode. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, when the Martez sisters were running towards their ship, they said R7 prep the ship or whatever, something. over Oh, yeah.
2: I was confused at first because I thought that was uh, like the, the clone's ship. I'm like I don't remember that droid being there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So R7 was actually Ahsoka's loyal companion droid through the Clone Wars, uh, and um, his first appearance was in Storm Over Ryloth, and uh, was in that Ryloth trilogy as in her green and red starfighter, and he's a green and red and silver droid. Uh, very to R2 in a way. Yeah. Color coordinate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, he was also in the finale of the Clone Wars show, and I have this vague memory that he got destroyed in that arc. But I guess not, because now he's showing up in this yeah, episode. That's true. The weird part here's the weird part though: is like any every every shot that he's in in that ship before they land and the Bad Batch goes off into their ship, he's Ahsoka's R seven A seven droid. We know that for sure. All the shots after that with trace and rafa on their ship again moments later they take off he's actually different colors he's black and orange oh super strange i have no idea why maybe he's not r787 after all but they used that droids model kept the textures for half the sequence forgot to change them and, and then intended an- it to be a different r7 droid
2: that was in this episode he changed color
1: yeah it was at the very very end what in uh, the world yeah it was really hard to notice because he's black in the other shots but I've, I had to rewind and I was like are you kidding me like is that so if you go to 20 minutes and 24 seconds in the episode <laughs> there's a clear shot of the back of him where he's got orange plates on him and the rest of him is all black and silver so he's he's clearly in those shots a different droid, droid. But in the other ones, he's definitely Ahsoka's droid. And he's so it makes it. me wonder like, is this yeah. supposed to be Ahsoka's droid or is it intended to be a different R7 unit? Look which now because R7A7, it's maybe yeah, R7A3 gonna... or whatever, right? Who yeah,
2: knows? look now, everyone listening, because as soon as the word gets out, they're gonna fix it like they did with Captain Jeans. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, look now before they change it like the Mandalorian episode. I mean, with these streaming services they can change stuff right like they can uh they can they can go back and edit yeah you should take screenshots uh, yeah i'm actually just doing that right now i'm gonna throw it up (laughs) on on the twitter yeah (laughs) (laughs) guys check the twitter sw escape podcast you can find it there uh but yeah i mean like you know how how likely is it that this is intended to be a different droid or not like i or if it is ahsoka's droid and intended to be ahsoka's droid maybe the black and orange thing was just a mistake then is so it possible that she's been like ahsoka ahsoka? Been,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no is it well is it possible that maybe that is the case or 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 if uh ahsoka has paid them a visit very similar to how rex paid Cut a visit
2: yeah right like it's tricky because this is so early in the empire like right it's been like at best a month i don't even think it's been that yeah. But yeah. in this time period before Rebels, if Ahsoka does come onto the show, this is where she would get the idea to start doing the Rebel cells. So there could be something that inspires her to do that if she shows up.
1: Right. Uh, that Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, I would like to see Ahsoka show up on the show. I mean, I, I don't, I don't become- really...
2: Too much. At that point, she's in everything.
1: <laughs> At that point, she is in everything, right? And here's the here's the thing, though: is like it's realistic to think that she would still be around, yeah, doing whatever she's doing after the Ahsoka novel in this book. And the Ahsoka novel is still canon to many levels. It's just those flashback sequences that have now been overwritten by the new finale of the Clone Wars, but. The main events in that in that book that take place in the present are are very much still relevant in many ways. So, is it, you know, is this uh, is this book perhaps does it take place before these this episode or, you know, I, I'm not entirely That's sure as the question. details of the timeline. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth looking into. Anyone listening, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah,
2: it's not canon anymore anyway. They already wrote over it. <laughs> It's just the flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> We've been <went> over this. <laughs>
1: Honestly, if that book, like, it, as it was okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate on the book. I wasn't yeah. the biggest fan of the book. It's just it was nice. Um, it was it's nice a young to get writer
2: book for sure.
1: Out of the whole book, I honestly liked the flashback sequences the most out of out of that whole novel. Because at the time, Clone Wars was canceled. We didn't know how it ended, right? Right. So it was the only true. thing that we had to get an insight into how the show actually finished, right?
2: Now Dave's probably just annoyed that they put that flashbacks in a book. Now they keep ruining his plans because they're in the way. <laughs> <laughs> you can't change stuff. <gasps>
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, it's um, uh, but uh, it's 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 got a numerous amount of questions uh, behind it as far as Dave taking these literacies and sticking close-ish to them, but not exactly to them. Um, yeah, it, it's true. It, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, we've had this conversation about the Kane and Caleb Doom thing. It doesn't. It doesn't really bother me that much, but at the same time, it's it's also like, why? You know? Yeah, like,
2: it's a slippery
1: slope thing that I'm. It's worried a slippery about. slope for sure because it can only go downhill if they yeah if they if diverge they start, too far, right? Yeah,
2: if they start to take it too lax on changing stuff, then random situation where we were before Disney bought it and right wiped yeah. out the EU anyway. So then right. Like, exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah, because because the EU
1: has a lot of good consistencies. Like they they did a great job at at trying to keep continuity where they could. And you know, uh, Leland Chi I think played a very big part in that back in the day, as well as the others who were involved in that continuity of the the legends or the expanded universe at the time.
2: They did a great job with what they had for resources.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And but now I mean, it's Lucasfilms, they've got the whole story group thing going on and and they're they're the whole idea of disbanding from the EU to to do this new canon narrative is exactly how you put it. It's like now everything's going to be continuity built, right? So if they're intentionally starting to pull away from that, I mean like I I just I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I think that bothers me more than the details of a comic that might disappear in if for the sake of putting that event in a live action or or animated show yeah right?
2: if they just like tweak it but keep the the main points the same
1: yeah yeah like I, I think i care less about that than the principle of them doing it in the first place so if that makes any sense at all
2: no i agree <laughs> they're different yeah. like levels but yeah being uh, accepting one i'm fearful of the other
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure so, you know, overall, uh, we got some more we got some more character development with with Omega and stuff as well. You know, learning how to fight with her bow and arrow and stuff yeah, like that. But
2: which we kind I of saw coming up. from the trailer. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that was the totally. surprise. We found out that she's got limp noodle arms. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we can see it, too. <laughs> is, is there anything on this episode that you um, that you didn't or that, that I've that we haven't mentioned before, or haven't brought up yet, and you want to talk about a little more? or
2: uh, Story-wise, I think we've kind of hit all the big stuff. I had a handful of just stuff from this episode I thought was just cool that I kind of wrote down. Yeah, yeah, sure, go for it. Well, the first thing that honestly caught my eye was watching it. I was showing my my girlfriend the show for the first time because she was, she was here, and she was also just taken aback at, how, how pretty the show is. So we're on Corellia yeah. and we're seeing the factory from far away with all the, the ambiance and stuff, the smoke and everything. It was gorgeous. It was really yeah. well done. So well lit and all the painted textures. It's like a, it's like you're looking at a Ralph McQuarrie painting. It's awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. And not like Rebels, Ralph McQuarrie painting because uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we've had that discussion about Rebels. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's such a nice looking show, you know, and 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 it all brings me back to the art style of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which this is heavily continuous of, right?
2: Yeah, I think and it's the same, just slightly modernized.
1: Yeah, it's it's like it's basically just Clone Wars season seven style, but yeah. we're 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 keeping on going on that train, you know. And uh, I think that's what people like to see of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. You know, it's it's a sequel show. I mean, when I saw the teaser of that Clone Wars logo burning away into the Bad Batch logo, I was like. This is it. Like this is this is the Clone Wars sequel that I think I that we're getting that I never knew I wanted. But I mean, I, I want them to finish the Clone Wars still. But I mean, it's yeah, nice that we have a sequel deal. show. Yeah,
2: that make that actually raises a question to me though. Like, let's be honest, the only reason this show exists is because Disney realizes they made a bad call canceling Clone Wars. Yeah, they did. Like that, that's yeah. that's what it is. Let's be entirely mm-hmm. honest with ourselves. This was like the easiest thing they could do without them essentially admitting that they did wrong and bringing Clone Wars back.
1: Yeah, they basically threw <laughs> us a bone with the, the short half season finale that they gave us and uh, went ahead with a sequel show to Clone Wars and not like a sequel show in the form of Star Wars Rebels, which took it a notch downwards in quality and and age targeting. To, to fit their Disney XD standards, but this is a show that's for Clone Wars fans, and designed to be a sequel to that to that audience, right? Yeah, and and yeah, it's it's like as you put it, as close that they can get to. Not to, to kind of partially admitting that they were wrong about canceling yeah. Clone Wars in the first place.
2: Yeah, I, honestly, I think that's what it is.
1: But- honestly, though, everyone knows it, though. I don't, I don't like they should just embrace it and just give us what we want. Give us those 20 something <laughs> or 30 episodes that they still haven't delivered with Clone Wars. I don't I don't care if they don't adapt the like redo the bat, the the uh, Dark Disciple novel. The Son of Dathomir comic book. Like it would be cool to see those in an episodes, but if they want to save some money and leave it be and just do the ones that we haven't seen yet, I'd be fine with that too. Like as long as we have the context of the show in place.
2: I honestly, now that we've seen some order 66 stuff, though that is probably still my first choice is seeing the rest of the story arcs that would take place over that time period, both before and after. Yeah. Uh, But the, what we know of, of arcs that I most want to see is the Cad Bane Boba Fett stuff?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people really want that too, and and there's some speculation that this arc uh, could be talked about or flashed back in the book of Boba Fett series coming later this year. There's a, a, there's a lot of potential with that series because, and if we don't get anything in regards to that, maybe it's possible that they might go back and do that arc anyways. You know, I mean like. Nothing stopping Disney from making a new series called Clone Wars Tales or, or whatever. And like making a new show that just has arcs f- based on yeah. the unadapted, unproduced Clone Wars episodes and making a new show that just slots into the Clone Wars somewhere. And they're telling all these other stories that, you know, that have to do with these other characters and in a normal scenario where we had 22 episode seasons Mm -hmm. with 20 minutes each that was normal like we we would spend three episodes with these random bounty hunters and stuff and that's what made that show so cool it's like you got all these different stories happening if they didn't want to do that with clone wars and they just want to cut it off and like okay let's move on to something else i'd be fine with another show it's just you know, give it a new title. And it's like, it these are still clone wars episodes, so.
2: Like that's, I think part of the issue they're going to have doing it is yes. if they do a show that isn't already like clone wars, which doesn't exist yet, <clears throat> the story they have written probably won't work because you can't, because you can't have time gaps. Right. Because if we were to watch yeah. it in clone wars, how the, I think it was the reels they released, or what if Dave talked about it, or wherever the info came out. Yeah, it was going to be several episodes that weren't back to back because you're going to have to have probably two, at least two arcs because you're going to have to have Boba signing on to work with Cad Bane and Cad Bane relenting to teach him, and then there's got to be a period of time, and then they have to have their falling out where there's the duel, and you can't have that as just like one series without it'd be tricky because you have to have really big time gaps within the series itself
1: so then it makes me wonder if it's possible that they could do long animated movies instead because if they're looking to do anything yeah because like what they could do is take whatever amount of episodes that they would produce to make an arc and make it an hour and a half long animated movie right because now now they're getting very comfortable with bad batch of producing 30 minute episodes right so if they just keep doing that that thing and and stitch through a three episode arc together that's an hour and a half which is a long enough to be a movie in in a, you know in fairness and what they could do is just call it something it would just be an animated star wars movie and it would just like many other things in the star wars timeline just take place during or between these other things and you know they would leave it up to fans or star wars.com to update their clone wars list and just say hey it exists right here and uh you know that's all they need to do right and we'd still be getting clone wars stuff it just might not be called clone wars it might be called You know, the adventures Bane of Cat and, Cat and Boba or something. I don't know, right? The Bane Wars or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I, I would love that. I would love that, you know, if that's how they continued Clone Wars Legacy, um, you know, bring it on. I, I, like, I really want to see those story arcs for sure.
2: Yeah, they got to do something. Because what we saw with the reel, was it, did they release the Cat Bane reel? No, it wasn't the with-
1: full reel. They had released some... They released the a all. sequence of proxy animation shots.
2: Yeah. That's so, what it was. I know that's yeah. where Boba gets the dent in the helmet.
1: Yeah. That's where he kills Cad Bane and gets the dent in the helmet. Spoilers if anyone didn't see this already a couple of years ago. So, you know, it was, it was cool. and And it would have been nice to actually have that in some consumable Star Wars material. But... Uh, people loved those bounty hunter arcs you know with Bosk and Bulba
0: and you know they were
2: highlights of the show shut up Dengar shut
0: up Dengar
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love how that's what Dengar is now known for
1: I love how Simon Pegg has the privilege of playing a character in the prequels (laughs) that's true (laughs) that guy man he's got a hate on for anything that's not Empire Strikes Back (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or, yeah, or or the movies that he's in, and you know I got I got to say I can say this openly because he's actually talked about it openly on interviews and stuff like that, but uh, you know it's very clear that he's not the biggest fan of those movies or any other no. movie aside from, you know his favorite movie, and uh, and long behold he voices Dengar in Star Wars the Clone Wars. And, yeah, and, that's pretty you funny. You it's like but it's yeah, an original
2: trilogy character, so he probably justifies it like that.
1: Yeah, he probably does. He's like, yeah, I don't care when it takes place. It's an original trilogy character, you know, so.
2: You know what you should do? You should get, you should make an audio clip that is Simon Pegg, like, ranting about the new Star Wars or prequels or whatever, and then just... Every so often, just cut in like, shut up, danger. Yeah. <laughs> shut up, Simon. <laughs> or Peg. Maybe Peg yeah. sounds better.
0: Shut up, Peg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That being said, I like his comedy. So, yeah, what do yeah. you got to do? He's a funny guy. <laughs> he,
1: he's a talented guy, too. He's he's uh, very much into the writing, producing part oh, of Hollywood yeah. these days. He's doing pretty well with being involved in... I think he's been involved in the most recent Mission Impossible's a little more with, like, the writing aspect of that. <laughs> directed, those, those have been great.
2: directed one of them.
1: Did he direct one of them? Well being in it, yeah. Yeah, he, he directed – I mean, I'm just looking at – oh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead actor, you know. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't uh, know what we're a, talking about.
2: That's what I know him for and I'll always know him for is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Such a classic. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah and he's um, – also uh, in uh, The Boys as, as Hugh Campbell, Hughie's dad. So, you know, he's a, he's a big name in Hollywood these days. Filming Mission Impossible 7 and 8 and
2: it's funny you know, back see, to back. It's actually quite crazy to see where he's gotten to considering he was originally known for... Uh, well, Shaun the Dead was his first movie, I think, or one of them. But he just did like his BBC sitcom. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how, how actors can make it so far in their career. And yeah, actually, I I want to take a moment to talk about our uh, our uh, one of our favorite voices on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, Matt Lanter, who mm-hmm. has voiced Anakin Skywalker for years on the show, and uh and had a brief cameo in Star Wars Rebels, and had a brief live action cameo in The Mandalorian as the New Republic officer aboard the ship that ends up getting. Knifed in the stomach by the Twilic, and Matt Lanter has more recently been on a live action show called Jupiter's Legacy, which is on Netflix. He plays uh, uh, one of the characters in the past, the flashbacks, and you know, and uh, this guy, man, he's a talented actor, but he has this ability to constantly get hired on shows that get canceled after the first (laughs) or second season.
2: Oh, I know, yeah, 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 because he was on that. He Time was on Timeless. Trail. It yeah. was Timeless,
1: Jupiter's Legacy, uh, Starcrossed, and uh, aside from Timeless, which I watched the first episode, I didn't watch the whole show. Aside from Timeless, I watched those other two shows, Star Starcrossed and Jupiter's Legacy, because he's in it. Yeah. And both those shows got canceled. Oh man, what is this? Clone Wars was canceled. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> what just is wrong with this guy? Dude, it must it's be just, just uh, he's like, got a curse on him. It's like
2: the curse of the Chosen One. Not, really, not so chosen after all. That's right. Well, he's <laughs> gotta have all his limbs cut off and then turn to evil. So if each of his shows is a limb. Oh
1: man. <laughs> Dude, no one knows a and ca- cancellation like like Matt Lanter does. I mean, like he's been hired hate- on so many shows that have been cancelled now. It's insane. I
2: kinda want to see him uh be on like a panel and people are asking him questions and then you can just <laughs> ask him why do all your shows get canceled?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh man, just you got to bring, you that, say. You gotta
1: bring that to Comic-Con or fan expo or something. If he ever shows up and you know, we got to do it. We got to bring that question. Oh
2: man. You'd probably have a good laugh about it. He probably like, would. He's a nice guy. A, honestly, just bad luck. Like, I don't it, know what else to is. say. Yeah. It's bad luck. I
1: mean, he's, he's a great actor. It's, you know, he does a great job and, and, uh, Right. I mean, he's like, he's, it's too bad. Right. It's too bad. But I just, I was thinking about it the other day when I was reading this news that Jupiter's legacy was canceled. I was like, man, what is up with this guy's career? I mean, just any show he's on, it's just the, the cancellation headline. It comes out. That's pilots, ma- man. Brought, brought all the PTSD back to the Clone Wars days. <laughs> each, time, <laughs> each time. Each time, man. Each time. The news. <laughs>
2: Matt Lanter's show canceled again. Josh, yeah. has to take a day off from work.
1: <laughs> I, I, I sat through a whole season of Starcross, which is basically Pocahontas with aliens. And I watched it because Matt Lanter was in it. Yeah. And it got canceled. And it oh, left on man. a massive cliffhanger. Like, yeah.
2: Is that always what happens? Every time. You know, Every if time. Matt Lenter could time travel be any show, with his luck, he would have been on Firefly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, what are the chances of that? I Actually, I was very surprised to see that Zac Efron was actually in Firefly. He plays uh, the young, the boy version, of, or the boy <laughs> flashback of the doctor
2: on okay. the ship.
1: Oh, really? I forget, I forget his name now. But yeah, yeah. there was one episode where they flashback to the doctor and his Simon. sister yeah simon's past they flash back to that and zach efron actually plays him as a boy which is pretty nuts
2: that's fun i didn't know that was zach efron yeah I, Zac he's, efron. he's so young there he's like that's
1: seven crazy. years old or 10 years old or something like that it was a long time ago
2: hollywood's a small place
1: it is a small <laughs> place yeah it's like and it, you know it's feeling like the star wars galaxy in that sense it's feeling small. <laughs> smaller <laughs> and smaller all the time smaller and smaller all the time man yeah that's true yeah so um we uh yeah we, i mean that sums up bad batch episode six i don't know there's any last things you want to say on that before we kind of move on to the next thing
2: well there's a couple things i thought worth pointing out this one's pretty small but uh, this is the first time we've ever seen an authorian speak basic
1: yeah, uh, he was wearing the voice translator.
2: Yeah, he had like a big translator thing on his back there.
1: I think we may have seen it once, but it's not very common. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we saw it once in the Clone Wars in a diner or of some kind. And uh, I forget if it was the one where Anakin goes in crushing people's windpipes because he's angry or if it was a different one with Savage Press. It it was one of the like I know we've seen it at least once before. Okay, uh, but it is very, it not very case. not common to see. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was very surprised because yeah, pretty
2: cool though. My first time watching I was like, what the heck that Ithor- that Athorian is speaking basic. In the second yeah. time, I'm like, oh, he's got like a translator thingy.
1: Yeah. So anyone who doesn't doesn't know about Athorian Athorian language or Athorians very much, they they yeah how they. They, they growl. can't. They, they, yeah. don't, they don't talk. Yeah. yeah they need a, a translator on their neck.
2: They speak through their lungs and it's like a giant sponge. So they, they don't have a way to speak basic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool.
2: And I thought it was super awesome that we got to see what's happening to all the droids after the war.
1: That was a big one for me, too. Yeah. I really quite enjoyed that. I like how uh, they've got planets like Braca. Uh, where they're decommissioning older ships from the Republic and the Separatist Alliance, uh, which the, is the planet that we start off in with Jedi Fallen Order. It's also in the trailer for the Bad Batch. We know we're going to head to Broca eventually. But it's cool to see that Corellia is being used to... Uh, I mean, we know it's end up... End up uh, ends up being used to make star destroyers but, but you know, right after yeah and right after the war though it makes sense that before the production of new things happens it's the place of deconstruction for a yeah. lot of the old stuff right so you're so, melting
2: down a lot of the, the parts yeah, like, Smelting down all the
1: metal and yeah yeah pretty nuts to think maybe some of those tie fighters out there are just made from recycled metal from droid parts right yeah like, that's
2: probably the case now yeah yeah,
1: maybe that's why they're so crappy.
2: <laughs> the YT series you get like a yeah. modern YT twenty four hundred. It's all made of, there's like droid heads everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a piece of junk.
1: <laughs>
2: all those cheap
1: tie fighters with no shields. No wonder why they're so yeah, crappy. They're made sense. out of. They're made out of the same uh, stuff that brought you the the droids of the Trade Federation.
2: <laughs> that's right. It's made entirely out of B one battle droids. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, they don't really talk those ones. Yeah, Yeah, the B ones. Yeah, they do. The oh, the B ones Sorry, I thought you said the B twos. Yeah.
2: No, yeah, those are the base ones. No, the B ones are all nasally.
0: Did we win? (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it good that the base is destroyed?
2: (laughs) I actually watched. (laughs) Man, I feel like they made a huge step down when they gave them their own processors. They should have just kept them all the same from Phantom Menace.
1: I actually didn't mind it. i I thought it was quite comical I, th- I yeah, find them, the I, find them <laughs> I find them in ways um, it's it's almost uh, it's funny because they tried to make them they tried to mass produce It's mass produced cheap stuff, right So they're not gonna be like the crazy AI smart tactical droids that you know like in this episode they're trying to steal the head for. But they're now no longer completely dependent on a radio station ship above the planet, yeah. you know, each time. Right. Like there must be some sort of master switch, because in in episode three, we do know that the droids were supposed to all shut down yeah, um, sure. wherever they they were. So there is some kind of back switch somewhere, but it, they're not reliant on being uh, radio controlled from. Like a ship somewhere, right? So it's kind of cool that they went in the direction of improving the technology, but it was also a step down in the sense that now they're just also kind of dumb because their processing units not nearly as good as like a tactical droid yeah. or even a B two battle droid, right? So I didn't mind. I always thought it was kind of a comical evolution well, of the technology. What's
2: you know? Also interesting is we don't really get these comical versions until avenger the Sith in
1: the yeah. movies
2: yeah because there's you still get the radio controlled ones and attack the clones
1: yeah it's it seems that way for sure um i uh they they did kind of have a few moments in the g Ocean arena where they they gave each other looks and stuff when when 3po had his head on the, so what they weren't completely mindless, but I think they were still being controlled as well, like by the- It seemed the, that way. We never- the towers, yeah.
2: None of them spoke anyway, that's for sure.
1: It would make sense that they made the adjustment after that because all of a sudden, Trade Federation droids needed to be all across the galaxy as quick as possible, and they might not have had the money to constantly have Trade Federation ships above each planet, right? right? So yeah, that's it that's, makes that's sense- fair. And also an easy target, take out the ship and you take out the whole army of on the planet, right? So it makes sense that they just were able to produce droids that were self-dependent and or yeah. independent, or, you know, on their, on their own power units and stuff like that.
2: Which is also at the point where we meet General Grievous, where he shows up.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's totally. It was probably
2: at that same time. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I still find the original ones are more menacing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, that
1: doesn't compute. A little scarier. Uh, you're under arrest. Yeah. That doesn't compute. You're under arrest.
2: You make it sound like George Lucas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I,
2: wondered, I wonder if you
1: voiced that droid. I mean, but, no, you probably did. <laughs> uh, that
2: doesn't compute. Uh, you're under arrest. <laughs>
1: bring bring in george to do a droid voice any day of the week i'd be happy with that
2: oh man that'd be hilarious i'm in i'm in and then call the
1: droid thx 1000 yeah thx (laughs) he's not a terminator
2: (laughs) why not he could be t1000 uh something that actually surprised me is that If all these droids are decommissioned and this might help answer your question to all of them being shut down. When we finally activated the commander droid. He was able to reactivate all the other droids just through a, a command sequence, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think I think tech has some uh, crazy ability to just make things work with uh, technology, yeah. right? So
2: well, th- what they said was his signals not strong enough, but one can presume it if he has the ability to do it, if he still had the rest of his body, the rest of his parts, he probably had a strong enough signal, which means. Oh, so they still can be
1: radio controlled, I guess, so- somehow. Or overwritten. No, I think something. that's because
2: they actually like hacked in. But the point I'm getting at um, is that the command droid was able to activate all the other droids that. one oh, that were s- shut down. Yeah. 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 Which I was very surprised by.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's why maybe they're so valuable because tactical droids had almost like admin privileges to to uh, activating or deactivating droids themselves.
2: Yeah, which, which just probably answers your question to how they shut them all down, the back, back door.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. And then they shut the tactical droids down, yeah. And that would also explain why that was only like the last one ever, because,
2: the you know. The valuable ones.
1: Yeah, those are the master switches, possibly. So, like, exactly. let's just shut all the droids down and get rid of all the ones that could turn them back on again, you know.
2: <laughs> it is interesting, though. Makes
1: sense, makes sense
2: you would have thought that all those other droids would be like out of power or something, like. That.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that we've been to Corellia, do you think that we'll ever get characters like Young Han or Kira showing up in Not the Bad at this Batch?
2: Point. I don't think. I mean, Han would be what, like three?
1: Well, he would be Solo. Takes place about five years after Revenge of the Sith, really? and he's like a teenager, so he would probably be. Like, like 15, 14, or 13 or something like that. Yeah.
2: Uh, it pays me to say it then, but it's possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, originally there was supposed to be a very young Han in episode three, but there was just no time to take I'm glad, that story around. I'm
2: glad that didn't but,
1: happen. Yeah. George actually did want it to be in the movie, though, until it was just no time. But he wanted a young Han to be already paired up with Chewbacca at the time. Can like you imagine? A, like a... Yeah, there was some. There was some sort of story, and there was concept artwork done for it, and it's in the Star Wars Archives, episodes one through three by yeah. by Paul Duncan, the Taschen book that if I got.
2: I'm not mistaken. Han and Chewie are actually in the room, and Luke and Leia are born, and they like shake their little baby hands and like meet for the first time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got Groku. Yeah, you got
2: it's
1: a, <laughs> it's baby Luke and Leia and little Han. Yeah. The whole crew, yeah. The whole crew, just babies.
2: <laughs> just, they're all just infants. This is gonna be Even like
1: Dinjarin. Even Dinjarin, he would be a baby at the time too. Like the toddler that we see in the flashbacks. That was during the Clone Wars.
2: He wasn't a toddler. He was like
1: nine. No, he wasn't nine. He was like he was like five or something like that. It's not a toddler like when, he, when he was taken when he was taken by like the. Three okay all right sure okay, yeah he was like he was like four or five or something like that maybe uh when he was taken by the death watch so yeah he'd be he'd be a little guy a little um, he'd be a youngster yeah going. yeah a little yeah a kidster kidster would no longer be a kidster
2: hey how come we haven't got a story arc about kidster yet
1: you know what the only appearance of kidster that we've ever had since phantom menace was on the star wars show on youtube Couple of years ago, they yeah. did a Christmas special and brought in Kidster, and I, remember, I, I was blown away, man. Like I can't believe they found him. He's not even like in the acting world anymore, I don't think, and or, or I, at least I assume so, because I, I haven't seen him on anything. And uh, and they brought him in, and and I was I was I was fairly really surprised about that. I was like, oh, this is cool. We get Kidster back. Like you know, it's looking good, Kidster. It's been a long time. It's so pretty funny, yeah. That'd be he, pretty he, cool if we. Kidster, hey, kidster was best
2: friends with uh, Annie well yeah. oh, he, he was good friends with Annie but I think he was best friends with baby Greedo
1: <laughs> that's right he was <laughs> baby Greedo baby uh... <laughs> everyone's he got a baby the, stage the, yeah.
2: that's what the prequels are for so we can see all the characters from all the movies as, as children
1: yeah, as little children. Lando as Kidsters yeah Kidster Lando that's
2: right <laughs> you know what Uh, back on this uh, command droid thing though one last thing I want to point out on it it seems like what they did which is an incredible scale of technology is the huge donut ships they basically just turned those into the command droids the uh, the,
1: like the trade federation
2: the command yeah the big donut command ships
1: yeah yeah that was that was like the brain of the of the the droid armies right uh, which is like, why they all shut down when Anakin took one of them out. Which also poses a, a huge issue as to uh, fighting the Clone Wars. If they 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 couldn't have those above every single place where they occupied droids, right?
2: So they scaled um, them down and put them into a droid-sized unit, which is pretty interesting to think about. Like that's a huge way well, you can compress technology over a couple of years like by that much. <laughs> well,
1: like, I I don't think the whole thing is like the you know.
2: It's not one processing.
1: to one. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not one to. But like the idea of controlling them remotely from somewhere, just they just took the whatever concept that they had at the time and and we're like, okay, well we're going to make them all independent, but we're also going to keep them cheap, and they just turned into dummies. <laughs> Each and yeah, every one fair of them. enough. So, yeah, that's where commando droids come in and save the day. Try to be a
2: little bit more competent, a little yeah.
1: smarter. Yeah, a little smarter.
2: So I have one last thing that kind of annoyed me, to be honest. So okay. the basic premise of this episode, they're trying to get the droid brain and tech copies it onto that stick. Right. Yeah. And so then when the two girls, they run off with the droid head and it gets blown up. So they, they lose their copy. So the only version left is Tech's Tech's copy of it, but they gift that copy to the girls. But the thing is, at that point, they could have just duplicated it a second time and both had it.
1: Yeah, which I don't know. Maybe they did, I think, because they're still on their way back to Sid, right? So maybe in the next episode, we'll follow up with what happens there. This is the closest was- episode that we've had to a second in an arc because this is now a direct follow-up of their relationship with Sid, right? That's right? So it's possible that the next episode will, we'll see exactly kind of what happened there Would that.
2: I hope they and did because if they didn't, then that just for how clever yeah. they are, it, it would blow my mind that they, I will say this, the next episode
1: that. is very likely to be the one that Rex comes back into the show. Uh, because based on the trailer, at least from what I've seen on the trailer, we've now seen every single piece of footage that has existed in an episode so far, except for the moments that he's in the show. Uh, all the stuff that I was mentioning last week or last episode with with the episode so far, there was a few things that now has shown up in this episode. So the only things that we haven't seen now is Bracca and Captain Rex, which are the, the same episode. So <clears throat> that's likely to be the next one. So... Very interesting. Might, yeah, so Sid might send them on another adventure to get something from another decommissioning planet. I'm just wondering what that is.
2: it's hmm, a good question. Maybe because they yeah. failed to get this one, they're sent to go to a planet maybe. with a trade federation ship to try and get it again.
1: Yeah, maybe. Either that or maybe there's there's something else that they're after. Or
2: and don't like screw it up like this that. time.
1: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they would be on Bracca and run into Captain Rex there by accident. Like, there, there's there got to be some sort of reason as to why they're there. And there's got to be a reason as to why they're bringing Rex into the show. Because, like, Dave's not the kind of person that brings characters back needlessly. Right. He he only brings people back with a, with a purpose. So.
2: Yeah. I just wonder if he has the idea to bring them back and then thinks of a story. If it's he comes with a story like, nah, yeah, this person will work.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, and we've seen, I think there's, It's it, when I say that about Dave, I'm talking about like main characters, because he said that on an interview before, and he was talking about Maul and stuff, but it's also with the likes of any character like that, gravi- that, with that Gravitas, like Ahsoka or Rex or mm-hmm. whatever, like even Kenobi and, you know, such and <laughs> such. If he's going to use any recycled character that's got a big name to it, that isn't Bib Fortuna. Like we're, we're likely going to have a better purpose as to, you know, why they're showing up aside from collecting, you know, a baby Rancor, which now we have another, another baby to add onto the list.
2: Uh. (laughs) It's gotta be done. Apparently.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You know what? Something just dawned on me and it, it absolutely blows my mind. If Count Dooku, and Captain Rex like adopted a kid and named it. It would be Tyrannus Rex. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: all right. Let's move on to the next subject that we have to talk about. We were gonna we were gonna talk about, however briefly or however long, about the uh, the gap between Episode six and seven, and what kind of story we have in there as well as what kind of story we could have in there going forward. Because of course there's a lot of development happening in this new era of the new Republic. And, uh, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a decent amount of things in there already. What out of all the material that exists in there, uh, I think the notable things that, that we, we have is a mini series, a comic miniseries called shattered empire. Uh, There is the Aftermath Trilogy of novels. There is The Mandalorian and uh, the shows that will follow that. Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, whatever happens after. And um, later down the timeline, when we get closer to the sequels, we have a book called Bloodline, which fills in some of the political gap with the New Republic and the, the First Order. That happens about five or six years before episode seven then we have the animated resistance series as well as uh, a junior novel called uh, before the awakening which gets into the stories of the main trio of characters in the force awakens uh, which happen in the weeks and months before the film takes place there's a few other things in there uh, but those are kind of the the big staple things can you think of anything else i'm trying to remember
2: or if that's if that's it You've already reminded me of stuff I'd forgotten about, so... <laughs> I forgot about Aftermath, which actually... Yeah, the
1: Aftermath books, I yeah, think yeah. sets most of it in motion. Oh, the Battlefront 2 campaign is also mm. in that time space, and the part 2 of that campaign, which is even later down the timeline. So we've got a few things. That's quite uh, a bit, it's, actually. It, it's, it, it is actually a decent amount but it's not near i mean we're talking about a 29 year gap between yeah. these trilogies right and
2: everything you listed is going to be is either at the very end before the sequels or at the very beginning right after return of the jedi
1: yeah yeah and and it's not like there's anything that takes place smack dab between those things either i mean um I forgot to mention there's like a comic book that fills you in on c 3 Peel's red arm. Uh, but again, like uh, all that stuff exists like really borderline close to episode seven. So, uh, you know, like the I think the uh, the topic that I had in mind, oh, the Alphabet Squadron uh, books, uh, Shadowfall, Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price, which is the new one that just got released as of uh, March this year. Uh, So, oh, Last Shot is a Han Solo and Lando book. Oh, yeah. I think you read that one. I did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that one takes place seven years after Battle of Yavin, which is, I want to say, like, two years after Return of the Jedi. So... uh, Yeah, it's not too far after. Yeah, it's like right after the Aftermath Trilogy wraps up and and like a year after that trilogy wraps up a year after battle of jakku uh which is a year after return of the jedi so you know again we're we're still at the, the very base of mandalorian still takes place like further down the road yeah than this book.
2: Mandal- mandalorian and i would say surprisingly enough the aftermath book set most of the stage yeah that being said, I never actually read the Leia book, so I don't know if that, what specifically happens there. Yeah, that one's uh,
1: that one's twenty eight uh, years after the Battle of Yavin, and um, I forget exactly when it takes place, but I'm pretty sure it was like five or six years before Force Awakens. Uh, the oh, the last notable thing, which I think I've recommended a few times now, is Charles Soule's miniseries for Kylo Ren called "The Rise of Kylo Ren." And it fills you in on Ben Solo's turn to the dark side, as well as uh, the Knights of Ren and what that's all about. Uh, it was good. It was, it was a, it was a good series, had some connections to the higher public books that we've read recently with the Amaxine stuff, the Amaxine station.
2: Do you think and it would have been uh, worth the movies actually touching on that topic? Either of them.
1: Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I've mentioned it before, but with episode seven, the way it is, I think it could have gone any any amount of levels better than what we got as far as connecting it to the previous film there is zero connection to episode six at all like like there's hardly anything there you know and and like if anyone were to go through the movies having never seen star wars before there's there's this disconnect between that trilogy and the previous six films right and uh you know this this comic book, arguably should have even been a whole movie in itself, you know, like the events that transpire there are notable enough that uh, it would have made a, a decent movie if, if they had done yeah, it, right?
2: Just from the details, that sounds like there's enough there that they can do a cool premise on it.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
2: You no, know people will be very excited to see Luke's Academy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if anyone wants to fill in that story, rise of Kylo Ren, it's a good. It's a good series. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's that's uh that's still, though, even that comic book series takes place like maybe a couple of years before uh, before The uh, Force Awakens, because in the Bloodline book. He still hasn't turned to the dark side at that point. So we know that it's between the
2: oh, those so, yeah. in those
1: five years that 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 this comic book takes place. And, they, uh, you know,
2: that actually makes sense, because in Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Hux. And even a lot of the soldiers don't seem like they really, I guess, like respect Kylo. I know he has his tantrums and stuff, but if he was like, like Vader, then he would have an actual like specific place in their command structure where it kind yeah. of feels like they don't really know what to do around him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thats I, I think that's part of what makes Kylo Ren's character the way it is in episode seven is how it's presented, right? Still the learner, <laughs> very much of the learner still. But the question kind of at hand here is, aside from the stories that we have borderlining the two trilogies that we have, uh, there is close to 20 years worth of time between any kind of staple story that happens in either a comic or a or a book, whatever, uh, between Mandalorian, which is five years after episode six, episode six, and Bloodline, which is the farthest away from TFA that we go, which is about five or six years again. The gap between those two movies is 29 years. Put those five years together as bookends, we get 20 years, roughly, worth of time, that there is nothing. Like no books, lot, no comics, no shows, nothing, right?
2: It's and it kind of a whole
1: generation. It's a whole, yeah. It's a whole generation almost, or, or even, yeah, basically. And and you know, it, it kind of came to my my mind uh, a little little while ago when you mentioned that Rangers of the New Republic being put on hiatus could potentially be turned into an animated series. Yeah. Whether or not that series would take place smack dab in the middle of these two uh, these two trilogies, it would be a because at the same time, the first order is like growing thing, but also, as presented in the Bloodline book, it's very hidden at that point in time. a couple yeah. of years before the I was Force Awakens. Say,
2: and from what we, well, the info we have on the first order, is they basically just exist in their own pocket of the Outer Rim, and that's why the New Republic doesn't show up and wipe them out because they're like, hey, we'll just leave them there. They're not going to get in our way or whatever. But they, yeah they grow in such high technology and they expand so fast at the end Mm -hmm. because they're hiding all this stuff. And no one can explain how that's, and they push out and they strike by taking out the, the leadership of the new, new Republic and then expand from there. But up till that point, there's not a lot
1: that they do. Right. And, and they stay very much in the shadows as presented in that novel. uh, I can tell you that, Leia starts to have her suspicions that there's something being funded, like in the political realm. Uh, there's people that are supporting something of a growing army. And, you know, they, they hint at it um, as to like what is to come. <clears throat> Mind you, this book was actually I think it was released before or around the time that Force Awakens came out. And oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it was very, very vague as to what's actually going on, much like the movie. It did not <laughs> fill you in on what was happening, right, in, poli- in, the, in the political world. And it was a book all about politics, but it was mainly it was mainly about the journey of Leia once the galaxy finds out that her father was Darth Vader because that's not public no- knowledge, right? And everyone finds out, and it's a devastating moment in her career. But...
2: I assume that's when she starts to back out and become more of the general...
1: Yeah. Yeah. She starts to, I think she, I think in that book, she starts to, um, forge something of a defense initiative for the new Republic. Cause they're pretty much demilitarized at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but as seen in the Mandalorian, you know, we have the dying ashes of the empire still in the known space and the first order is not really a known thing. Yet the Darth Vader comics more recently pointed out that on Exegol, that business over there is flourishing. Like they're well on the way to having hundreds of those Star Destroyers uh, mass produced, and with a million more well on the way, kind of thing. Uh, like that's all still going on. So it, it's very like there's a lot of things going on right now where.
2: Sorry, which which timeline was this in? This part. The
1: so- the Darth the newest Darth Vader series takes yeah. place between episodes five and six. Okay. And Darth Vader goes to Exegol and discovers Palpatine's plans for making these death machines to send out across the galaxy, right? And then, of course, the events of Episode 6 happens, and maybe things just get delayed a little while. But (laughs) there's a lot of these things already in existence, and they're already building the second Death Star. So there's a lot of things that don't really make sense, because he's already got some of these things ready. Like, he could just send one of those out to Endor and blow up the planet and all the Rebel Alliance, right? Like... Why? Why bother sacrificing your body and no. going through that whole nonsense for 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 nothing? Right? It, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like when they did episode nine, and I saw what was going on there, I was like, okay, I guess this is canon now, and I hate it, but whatever. <laughs> um, like, like I, I always thought that. Oh well, they started making these things maybe, you know, ten years like between the two trilogies, kind of thing. Like, yeah, they had well, all that time. Yeah, like well after Return of the Jedi, when the Emperor's gone and everything, maybe maybe he had a contingency plan where his body was on X-Gold that whole time, but he just hadn't built all that other stuff yet, right? It was just kind of his place of hiding or whatever. But he's actually got all this stuff there already, and it's like that is way ahead of schedule. Like this is this is, we're talking a trilogy that takes place twenty nine years later. Like, so it just why wait there so long? for 30 years. Yeah, like why wait so long to bring it out of the closet? I mean, like, you know, it, 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 was, was there some technical difficulties for the next 29 years? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. I mean, like there's so many continuity problems with this. So well,
2: I guess all you can say is Palpatine's a real schemey guy. He doesn't want to just show up and fight back. He wants to wait and turn Luke's grandson or like... Whatever, like on ha- Haunted Leia's kid against them. And then this whole manipulation scheme of cloning Jedi to Big Snoke and. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> it was my plan all along. I sent Vader to go get his son Luke to bring him before me, only to give him the ultimatum, which he will eventually turn me down, and I will eventually die. I will eventually come back, only to have a a Muggle son, which will go have his own daughter, which then I will plan to have her kill me, finally, and I will possess her. And I cannot seeing that go wrong. Whatsoever. <laughs> also, I want a hundred more death machines. Oh, thousands! <laughs> thousands more death machines, and another superweapon planet, and some slaves, <laughs> and some slaves. <laughs> oh, and I want another army of stormtroopers, all in red, because red looks awesome. That's the new color. Watch that planet that's
2: hidden behind that big soup thing? That got to go through the swamp. I want that one
0: yeah <laughs> also i want a new apprentice again <laughs> <laughs> just like <so. laughs> give me uh give me the boy that solo guy
2: <laughs> it's so absurd I, honestly you write it all down but oh,
1: it's so ridiculous like it, when you when you go point a to, yeah when you go to point a it ends up becoming a point a to point z not point a to point b it's like you're going from zero to like 500 in like seconds, right? When you put all these pieces together, makes no sense. You go through the Palpatine plot from Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi, makes perfect sense. So there's disconnects, right? And like, that's kind of the point. And and, and more recently with all the stuff that they've putting, been putting out to bridge that gap of the two trilogies, so far, it hasn't been doing a very good job. To so, me, it sounds
2: like they made it worse
1: yeah they have uh with the vader comics more recently i was i have honestly have nothing good but good things to say about the vader comics so far up until the most recent arc and i was just i was just not it was just not for me like um uh, i'll keep reading it but i mean it's it's really not shaping up too well
2: i get what they're trying to do because palpatine's supposed to be like this all-knowing all-powerful villain and what they're trying to say is palpatine was prepared even if something went wrong but the thing is, if it takes 30 years for him to recover, it makes more sense if he wasn't prepared and he had to figure out how to right. rebuild everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, exactly.
1: And, and and that's where episode, episode nine just honestly, like it's I can see why episode nine ended up being the way it is, because it was like, oh, we got to try and bring relevance to this trilogy and let's just bring back the biggest bad as villain that star wars has had right yeah well, so it's like I from that wonder, standpoint i get it but at yeah. the same time it just it it brings in so many additional problems too yeah right like countless problems.
2: i do wonder if at the beginning snoke was supposed to be the big bad big oh for bad, sure yeah, yeah for sure, helps and then ryan decided he didn't like him <laughs> And offed him, and then they're like, now what? <laughs> well,
1: well, we have to we have to consider Colin Trevorrow's script, which got scrapped because Leia was a big part of that script. Yeah. And when she died, uh, when Carrie Fisher died, it was it, I think it was very difficult for that script to move forward. So he left the project, and then they just brought JJ back. That script ended up getting completely scrapped. Very few things were recycled from that. And uh, we got what we got, which was the Rise of Skywalker. But we've had a discussion before about what they would have done with Colin Trevorrow's script. And there's a lot of cool things in there, like things that actually made that trilogy better in numerous amount of ways. Right.
2: Did you ever do a podcast talking specifically about just that script?
1: I believe I did. Yeah. Um, And uh, I can't remember which one it was called. It was a while ago. It was around the same time that episode nine came out. And uh, there is there is one back there if you scroll on all the way back. But. You know, it was interesting, it was very interesting. Uh, they would have brought in Mortis, you know, the planet from the Clone Wars, bring balance to the Force and all that. Uh, they would have had some, some more, uh, of course, way more Leia, uh, uh, and uh, they would have had Force Ghost Luke, like haunting Ben Solo. <laughs> ben sorry. Solo would have not gone back to the light, but driven yeah. further into his darkness and become the villain that he always wanted to be, hmm. which is what the whole point of his character was all about, right? So like there was, there was like a, there was a bit more of a linear storytelling from Last Jedi, like way more kind of, they're committed to this snowless universe, right? Yeah. And yet with episode nine, it's almost like they kind of, they kind of were like, oh, well, we didn't plan on any of this happening. We didn't plan on losing Colin Trevorrow's script or, or tossing it out the window or whatever. Uh, let's, let's bring Palpatine back. Let's make Snoke this puppet of his the whole time. The whole time it was his plan. Let's make it all his plan. It was was the easy answer for not knowing what to do. It's the easy answer. It's the easy way out, right? Like, yeah, it's, that's exactly it. Like, you know, it's, it's easy enough just to take the biggest, baddest villain who's been known to have all these contingency plans anyways. And you know, and, But th- that's where it just destroys the canonicity of things because the entire Aftermath trilogy of books, the Battlefront Two campaign, the Shattered Empire comics, all those things. They had that event, even in The Mandalorian, they brought up this event uh, of uh, Project Cinder, like the yeah. contingency plan. If the Empire died, the em- the, em- the em- if the Emperor died, the Empire would basically dissolve with the Rebellion. If possible, they would try and do everything they could to, to wipe out the galaxy's political... F- parties uh on either side because a it was to like punish the empire for the uh, for the emperor's death Mm -hmm. but b also just to take the enemy down with the ship kind of thing right and that's what jakku was all about that's what the battle of jakku was for that's the reason why episode seven you start off on a dusty ball with crashed ships everywhere right So there was this continuity there up until the last movie. But now why would he have a contingency plan to wipe out everything in the universe if he's not not dead in the first place, right? Like if he's he's got this plan to come back with more stuff, like why would he bother wiping out the stuff he has?
2: (laughs) It just makes no sense. (laughs) That's a good point. It makes it maybe it's because he's trapped on the on the other side of the fishbowl yeah chicken soup
0: right yeah it's like yeah i got trillions of dollars anyways i don't care about a couple hundred ships let's just get rid of them and build new ones
2: <laughs> start over
0: start I don't even, over. Have,
2: I don't even have death cannons
0: yeah i don't care if i have to wait 29 years or 100 years i've got Twenty more bodies and thirty more Snoke's to infiltrate. <laughs> an army of Snoke's.
1: Yeah, an army of Snoke's. Yeah, yeah. It makes <sighs> no sense, man. It, it makes no sense. Uh, it, it's it's disheartening to see all this stuff that makes no sense. Because of course we love Star Wars and we want to see Star Wars make sense to us, right? And and uh, in a story, in a storytelling way. Um, that's what makes it a mythology. Uh, things just. Uh, you know, like, uh, have a continuity standpoint to it. So, that's
2: true. I like because I wasn't aware of some of the stuff you brought up tonight. And it kind of pains me to hear that as they try to fix it, they make it more of a mess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, so my last <laughs> thing I want to bring up though is like, if, um, if you were to do, knowing all that stuff now, if you were to do anything with the gap, the 20 year gap, that there's still nothing in between those two trilogies, like what would you do with those 20 years? Would you make a, make a show, uh, do a series of books? Would you do an animated show? Like what would you do and what kind of story would it
2: be? Oh, well, I would definitely do some shows in there. Cause I feel like that's where you're going to get a lot of these like firefly feeling kind of shows. I think that'd be super cool. Mm. Uh, you kind of got that with Mandalorian, but I think you could, you could do more. So, um, but the reason why I really like this era is I love the, this is kind of the, one of the EU things that is, they need to bring back. And they kind of already have, because you see it. And that's with these different pockets of imperials that are now all separated into almost their own militaries and their own, uh, they like control their own section of the galaxy, right? So in yeah, the. Yeah, they have their own little shattered empire going on. Yeah, exactly. So in the, the EU, they were, they called themselves a warlords. Yeah. So you get the the moths, right? The moths that control their section. And uh, they'd have, like, all the guys under them. And they started, like, warring amongst themselves, almost kind of tribal, trying to get, you know, more space, more materials, goods and services. And I think that's just a really cool environment because then you're also going to be getting, like, these different groups of Imperials fighting against each other. Uh, you're going to... Yeah. You can follow other groups that are trying to deal in between that. Yeah. It's it's just a really interesting point in time where you can do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a source of opportunity is what it is. I mean, you know, you look at what they're doing with the higher public and the question really is, you know, having so many people wanting the older public like myself, you know, we want to see those thousands of Jedi fighting thousands of, the, of Sith back in like thousands of years ago before phantom menace kind of thing but it's not what we got so far and now we've we've got this new era that takes place 200 years before the phantom menace and it's like what do you do with an era like that where there's no known sith around and they've been very creative at making a new kind of enemy right so like it's it's a 20 years of time is is a decent amount and you know they could draw this dead empire further out past what we've seen so far which is the 5 year mark after episode Mm -hmm. 6 we could see that go up to even 10 years and some I would still buy that you know empire is a massive thing it didn't get destroyed with the death star it was everywhere right
2: the entire galaxy yeah
1: yeah so it would take a long
2: time to wheedle it out right you Um, cut the head off off the snake but yeah Maybe that's not the best example. Right. This, this is more yeah. like a hydra with one big head. And you cut off the big head, but there's still like a hundred thousand yeah. below that.
1: It's like that terrifying YouTube video that that I've seen of the. The spider that the guy stomps on, and then like thousands of little spiders come crawling oh. out of it. Oh, it's pretty exa-
2: good example, but that's awful. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's terrifying. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a sort it's an area of opportunity to tell these unique creative stories using anything by the likes of bounty hunters to smugglers yeah. to uh, whatever. Right? Um, How
2: cool would it be to also get a story of like a stormtrooper who you could start, like, at the be- like, right at the Death Star 2 destruction, and then you could jump ahead where they're now, like, underneath some commander or whatever, and he's some tyrant, and they're a war against another group of stormtroopers, and you can have them know the That'd morality be between that, and then they could try to, like, have to escape or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: I mean, we'd get kind of like a Iden Versio kind of deal going on, you know, um, for sure. I mean, I, like- I would... That would here's, be interesting. Here's the yeah. thing,
2: though. If you're dealing with that kind of situation, because it's, yes, it's Imperial, but I bet you there's certain people within the Empire that were still good and just were dealt a bad hand, right? And they're in a yeah, bad situation. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. We've seen so, that numerous amount of times now. I mean, like even like so many people, we, we actually talked about this at some point where there was just going to the Imperial Academy was just a norm, right? Like that was just yeah. something that people did uh, because... That was a life
2: if you didn't have one already, you know? Yeah. And that's Um, on the military side. But what about even on the political side? You could have like someone who's like a moth or say the moth's like kid or whatever who becomes the heir after the moth dies in some situation. Yeah. They're now given control of this section of what used to be the empire. So it'd be stormtroopers under them, whatever. And they could really become good guys right they could it could be like uh they
1: could be anything yeah
2: yeah like they'd be their own little like contingent of imperials which would actually be the heroes and they could actually be trying to help people like you've never seen store do that before
1: right yeah exactly so uh you know it's it's like i wonder about that too you know that's that's another interesting story one of many that they could tell um, I think they'd
2: be afraid to do that because then suddenly all these maskless people that get killed all the time could be good yeah. people, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it kind of great for sure. I mean, uh, given the
1: dream, I would love to see a show about Luke Skywalker in, in between these two trilogies. Of course, like that's very unlikely to happen. Um, you it's know, I mean, and, and of course we have the inevitable ending that we already have with the likes of the last Jedi and, and such and such. Force Awakens. Um, but you know, that would still be cool to see something in regards to that, or even even just some kind of they've been a little more freed to say that there's other force users out there other than Luke Skywalker. I mean, we now know that Ahsoka's kicking around and we know that Ezra's kicking around. Like we know that that Kane and Jaris had a kid with Hira Sindula, Jason Jason Sindula. We know that he's probably force affinity and, and kicking around, you know, like there's enough potential out there with force users.
2: Think about this, or I'm going to blow your mind a second time tonight. Kanan's apprentice is Ezra. Ezra's apprentice is Kanan's kid. Full
0: circle.
1: Well, see, that's what I brought up with Ahsoka. Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan, Ahsoka and Luke could maybe meet up and something That's might true. happen there, right? Like, you never know. Uh, lots of things to speculate on.
2: Very interesting. And it'll also be the dynamic of almost the Obi-Wan-Anakin situation where Ezra, like, I knew your father. You <laughs> fought in the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we gotta get that whole situation going. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, yeah. It should be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got Street Rat, Street Rat, Aladdin back.
2: <laughs> What's that? Street, Street Rat. Rat. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: man. Thanks for coming back on the show. We'll, we'll yeah, catch no you in the problem. next one. Yeah,
2: It was fun. I was like chatting right. stuff like this. Got a blast. <laughs>
1: All right, thanks, Blake, for coming in on Star Wars Escape Pod. We're still hanging out, chilling in the midst of space, waiting to get to our next destination. It's, uh, it's felt like it's been ages now since we landed in a cantina, so maybe the next episode we uh, might stop in for a drink somewhere. But uh, thank you all for tuning into the show. We hope you've been enjoying Star Wars Escape Pod as well as Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus and uh, all the discussions that we've been having here on the show about that show and so many other forms of Star Wars stories that are happening uh, right now in many forms of different medias. So let us know what you thought of the latest Bad Batch episode, what you're thinking of the Darth Vader series, the War of the Bounty Hunters, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you guys. Send an email in to swescapepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter or Instagram. We also just launched a, uh, a bit of a test on YouTube it's a 24 7 live stream of all the most recent episodes i think that goes back about six or seven there's a playlist going on and we're just going to continually to update update that feed and just see how it goes if it's successful maybe we'll leave it up otherwise uh we'll just knock it down so be sure to share that with your friends so that we can keep it up uh that way, uh, you know, if we see the view count going up, comments coming in, we'll know that you guys are, uh, are, are liking that uh, enough that we can s- justify having it around still. So so be sure to check that out and share that with uh, your fellow Star Wars fans. Thank you again for listening to the show. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating if possible. That helps us out a lot. May the Force be with you guys, and we'll see you in the next one.